Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Well, good morning, Epiphany Church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So thankful for another chance to corporately worship Jesus together. We certainly got an opportunity that is before us, and that's to bring Jesus glory uh, by our uh, our gathering, our local church gathering. Even though we're gathering still virtually, uh, we got a great opportunity this morning uh, to worship Jesus through song uh, and, of course, worship him through the word of God. And that's my responsibility. So grab your Bibles and I just want to get right to it. If you can go to the second book of the New Testament, the book of Mark is where we're going to hang out today. If you have your devices, why don't you just go ahead and go to Mark. And once you get to Mark, go to chapter two. So we're going to spend our time. I'm so glad to be back. I have uh, been uh, on the West Coast preaching on, in Midwest preaching the last two Sundays. I had to preach in Ventura, California, and also had to preach last week in Indianapolis. Uh, and I'm just glad to be home. It's, it's just no place like home. The fresh smell of, uh, of Brooklyn trash and smog in the air. It's something about it. Overpopulated city is something about it. I'm glad to be home. Glad to be here. Glad to be opening up the word of God with you uh, this morning. Uh, before I dig into the word of God, let me just quickly double down on something that Gabe said. Uh, Gabe mentioned that next week we are gathering as a church. We are coming together. Uh, we try to do that at least once a month until we get to the place where we're meeting uh, weekly on a weekly basis inside in our own location. But right now we've been meeting outside once a month and Gabe is right. That little umbrella hat was hilarious because he's, he's right. It was hot the last time we met at Herbert Von King Park. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember the Mario Brothers. There, there was a level, Josh, on Mario Brothers where... Did you play Mario Brothers? Yeah. yeah there, there was a level where the sun was trying to get Mario. And he was running. And it would just come down. And that's what I felt like when we were outside. Like the sun was trying to get us. And uh, you know it's hot when we go into a praise break when a cloud, cl- uh, cloud uh, just hides the sun for a minute. We went into worship. But uh, we're going to do better this week coming up. We're going to be outside, but we're going to be underneath a tent at Restoration Plaza at 12 noon. It's going to be a great time of worshiping together. If you guys could do me a favor and just promise that you'll bring somebody with you, bring two people with you um, so that we could all come together and worship Jesus and have a good time doing so. We got some good stuff happening, too. Got some stuff we are we're doing that I think is going to be be fun. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Quick, uh, quick update. We are we're still praying for location. We're still working toward location. In fact, we are weekly working toward locations and uh, trying to get into a space. Uh, so just if you continue to pray, uh, pray for wisdom, uh, but also pray for open doors that God would just open up something that's just like a miraculous work of God that we weren't able to get into financially, but God just did something. That that's kind of what. That's kind of what we need, and I I just believe that heaven's able to do that. All right, let's dig in. Mark chapter 10, only a couple of verses here. Mark chapter 2, only a couple. No, I'm sorry. Go to Mark 10. I'm like, Mark Mark 10 is where we are. Go to just a couple of verses here. Go to verse 43. It says here, But whoever would be great among you must be your, watch this word, servant. And whoever is first among you must be slave of all, 
For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I want to preach today from the topic entitled The Heart of Serving. The Heart of Serving. Would you do me a favor in the chat room? And I'm monitoring the chat room. I got it popped up here. If you could just put in the chat room, the heart of serving. Talk about servanthood today. Let me just say off the top, lay my cards on the table real, real early here. Um, I don't have a hidden agenda to get you to serve more. I, I do believe that that would be a, a good response to the word of God. But that, that's not, I don't have a hidden agenda. I, I want to invite you in to the blessing of serving, that, that the privilege it is an honor that we get to serve in the kingdom of God. It is an honor that we get to play a small part in pushing the mission of God. And so my goal today is to get you excited about Jesus and how he served us. And in doing so, I pray that your response would be to serve the body uh, the way that Jesus did. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Uh, Father, stir us up. Stir us up today as we dig into your word. We need, we need that fresh, fresh ghost to just breathe on us. So Holy Spirit, would you use our time today for your glory as we talk about servanthood and the heart of serving? We certainly live in a very consumeristic culture, culture that is about getting ours. What do you have for me? And so, Father, would you, would you help us to understand that kingdom is backwards? Kingdom is upside down. It's different. That you call us to serve and you call us to be a part. And so in doing so, oh God, I pray that you would help us to be better followers of you because even you were humble enough to serve. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. The heart of serving. Over the last year and a half, we've been virtual as the church. Like I said, we met a couple times outside, but for the most part, we've been virtual as a church. We've, we've brought you services uh, via technology and um, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, there, there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. There, there's a lot of um, teamwork that goes into that. There's a lot of scheduling and scheduling the worship team and the tech team. And it's a lot, it's a lot of little moving parts that most people don't know about. You know, you, it's easier for us to just grab our phones and see the end product, but not know the process to get there. And I just want to say, man, the Lord has, has used some amazing people in this church to bring service to you every single week throughout a pandemic. It's amazing to me, you know, the, the Lord continues to keep the church flourishing. In a large part, it's due to people serving, P people that, that aren't looking for anything, just, just looking to use their gifts and their talents and how God has wired them to plug into the body of Christ in order to make sure that the kingdom is progressing you guys don't see the work that, that, that Ed does behind the scenes. You, you guys don't see the tech team right now that's, that's in the room or that, are, that are behind the cameras and people that are in the tech room and actually pushing the pro presenter and making it work. But you, guys don't, you, you guys don't have access to see that. You, you guys don't see the worship team worship, uh, worshiping and rehearsing. And you, know, you, you get to see Rob up here with his shorts on. Shout out to Rob. You lotioned your knees well this morning. Shout out to you. But you guys don't get to see that behind the scenes where the team is, is pre-recording and recording and, and trying to write music and all of this stuff. You guys don't see the leadership of Josh and you guys don't see Gabe in here on a consistent basis. Over the last year and a half, you didn't see Lameek in here working things out and Ty so diligent in what she does and, 
There's just so many others, Wendell, and I could, I could just go on and on, and the people that come in to do announcements, like, you guys don't get to see that, down to people just picking up chairs and moving stuff, and all of that is part of serving. And serving is an essential part of the Christian walk. Let me say that again. Serving as an essential part of the Christian walk. If you could just do me a favor and type that in the chat room, just in case somebody's not feeling me, uh, maybe they'll feel you. Serving is an essential part of the Christian walk because it is through serving that you get to unlock the gifts that God has put in you. It is through serving that we get to meet other believers. It is my mentor that says the benefit of serving is community. You get to learn the body. You get to meet people. And many of you have developed relationships and developed friends because you were serving together. And that's the beauty of serving. It is through serving that the local body, the local church gets strengthened. It is through serving that God gets the glory. We get an opportunity to help push God's mission here on earth when we serve. But many times and, and, and very often we go on with our, with our life and we treat serving as a nuisance. We, we treat serving uh, the local church as though it's something I'll do if I get time versus it's a privilege and an honor for me to serve. Why? Because it is my serving that brings God glory. Let me put some Bible right there. First Peter chapter four, verse 10 through 12 says, as each has received a gift. Use it, here's that word, to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks in oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Don't miss this part. In order that in everything God may be glorified. In other words, your serving provides an opportunity for God to get the glory. Let me say the opposite. You not serving robs God of an opportunity of getting the glory. And so, Serving is essential to my walk. So serving is essential to my growth. And like I said in the beginning, man, I, I really don't. I promise you, I didn't wake up this morning and say, you know what? Our percentage of serving is down. Let me find a way to plug people in. Like, great. If, if you reach out and say, man, what can I do? These are some gifts I have. Well, how, can I, how can I plug in? Great. But what, what I really want is your heart to be stirred when you look at how Jesus served. When you look that he did not, he brought God glory by serving our greatest need. Won't you pick me up back in verse 43? He says, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. I think context is important right here. To keep in context in the preceding verses, James and John come to Jesus and they come to him with a proposal. They, they say, Jesus, this is what we need. When you get into your kingdom, let both of us sit on your right and on your left. This is the preceding verses. Just go back a little bit, a couple verses and read. They say, we want to be great. We, we want to be in positions of prestige and we want to be in positions of power. And so, God, what, what we really need Jesus for you to do is let one sit here on the right in a position of power and one sit here on the left in a position of importance. And Jesus is like, you fools. You think that greatness is sitting in a position of power? Greatness is giving up that power to serve. Because if you really want to be great, serve. If you really want to be great, you must be, as the text says, a slave to all. And Jesus says that the path toward true greatness is serving. The path toward true greatness is not living on a high horse, but getting low. That the path toward real greatness is serving others. 
The culture we live in is a little bit backwards when they say that. The, the culture that we live in will say true greatness is being an overnight social media sensation. True, true greatness is being a, a, a famous rapper or high-profile politician. Jesus says, nah, greatness isn't any of that. Greatness is if you can achieve that but still serve. Greatness is when you be, can become a servant. And we live in a society that measures greatness not by me serving but how many servants I have. We live in a society that measures my greatness by how many followers I have on Instagram and on TikTok. We live in a society based on a blue check. If I got a blue check, then I'm real great. But in reality, God is like, I think if Jesus was here, he would give up the blue check and serve. Because the Bible just says here that whoever must, is great among you must be your servant. Jesus redefines what greatness is in verse 43. He says, you think greatness is sitting on the right and on the left, but true greatness is just getting down a little bit lower and whoever would be great amongst you must be a servant. Well, what the church needs is not more high-profiled people. We need people that are in position but get low enough in order to serve the body. As I said earlier this uh, in the sermon that I had to preach at a church in Indianapolis and I was rocked. I was, I was amazed. When I got there and I saw the people that were serving, the amount of people, but also the caliber of people. There was a guy that was leading worship. They, they call him the singing doctor because he's literally a full-time doctor. He's a pediatrician, but he got low enough to make sure that he was leading people in worship. Ty and I went out to a little lunch spot in Indianapolis, and they, they said, man, this is where you got to go to get the, the, the best lobster rolls. And we go, and we get the best lobster rolls. This place called The Garage, and we get in there, and we get our stuff. And then we get to church on Sunday, and, they, and the people around us say, hey, what did you eat this week? And I said, man, this is what we ate. And they said, oh, you know, the owner of the lobster place, is, is, he serves at the church. He's a member of the church. He's on the greeting team right now. An owner of a business that is thriving got low enough in order to serve. And why, why, why do we cram in, if we are going to serve, we cram it in our schedules when in, in reality, we should look differently at serving. We should say, I'm going to build my schedule, not just around the things that are secondary in life, but the thing that is primary and eternal, the kingdom of God. We have no time to serve. We are too important to serve. We are, we are too big time to serve. I'd rather give the best of my gifts to the world and I'll give the church the leftovers. And in reality, God is like, no, if you want to be great, you must be a servant. Meanwhile, Jesus is walking around serving. I doubt if you got a busier schedule than Jesus. I mean, I'm, that's a guess. I, I don't know. But I doubt if you can hold up a higher standard of moral character than Jesus. I, I doubt if you have on your plate. I mean, he's redeeming the world. What are you redeeming? An Excel spreadsheet? Like, Jesus is the one that needs to be served, but he got low enough. And our culture is very consumeristic. We live in a culture that comes into church, and the first question we ask is, what does the church have for me? And you should. Like, I get it, man. Like, the church should be able to provide, and the church should be able to tap in and help in the moments of need. Single moms need help. People with mental issues, you need help. Does the church have counseling? Yeah, we have that stuff. We have it set up because it's important, and we should be able to give to you, but this thing has to be a give and take. It has to be mutual. We have to pour into you and pour into you as you pour back into the church and pour back into the church. But unfortunately, our culture says, go into the church and say, what do you got for me? 
Is there a single mom's ministry? Is, 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 is somebody here to watch my children? Nobody's here to watch my children. It's a very consumeristic mindset. And even in the virtual world, there is still a need for those that are serving. So I had to rethink this thing, man. You know, because a lot of times, many times we say, I'm not serving. And, and at the root of it, it's selfishness. We don't serve because we're selfish. But I had to rethink this because I'm selfish. And if I'm honest with you, serving helps to feed your selfishness. Let me say what I mean by that. When I serve, I'm not depleted. I get more out of serving. As I said, I get to learn the body. I get to learn the gifts that I have and that God has put in me. I get to spend time uh, pushing God's mission. I get more out of serving than serving gets out of me. So if you're really, really, really selfish, serve because you'll get more out of it. You'll get more out of it than what you put in and Personally, I have served the local church since I was a kid. Before I was a believer, I was serving local church because my parents brought me up and, and, and showed me how to serve. My father was always on a ministerial staff. We were in the, he was in the military, so he always found a church for us to be a part of. And he was always a part of the ministerial staff. And my mother always did music in the church, and she played the piano for the church, and she did the choir. And so I always was at the church. And even though I wasn't a believer at that young age, they modeled for me what it looks like to serve the church. And growing up, man, there's nothing I wouldn't do. I served in the kids' ministry. Somebody, the church needs the grass cut, I'll cut the grass. But what else does the church need? The, the men's ministry needs somebody to flip hamburgers for the, for the men's cookout. I'll be there and I'll flip hamburgers for the cookout. And down through the years, I've realized that when I serve, I get so much more out of it than what serving takes out of me. Jesus says, the greatest among you must be a servant. The greatest among you must be a slave of all. I'm going to challenge you this morning. I want to push you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to implore you this morning. To consider serving. Watch verse, verse 45. I hope y'all are rocking with me. Nobody's in the building here in terms of people, so I don't have no amens. I'm all by myself. Verse 40, 40, uh, 45. Let me read 43 down to 40, 45. Whoever is great among you must be a servant, and whoever is first among you must be a slave of all. For Christ, for even the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve. If there is anybody that has ever been worthy of being served and not serving, it is Jesus. Jesus should have came and just set up on a high horse and we just worshiped him and served him and pushed him all the way to the cross. But Jesus doesn't do that. He comes down. The Bible tells me in the book of Philippians that he empties himself. He, he full of humility. He takes everything that's in him that's out and he lays it all on the line. If anybody's worthy of our honor and worthy to be served is Jesus. But Jesus takes that and says, I don't want to be served. I came to serve. Jesus is the one that all of heaven cast their crowns before him. And he said, I didn't come to be served. Wait, you were served in heaven. You were being worshiped in heaven, but you came to earth and emptied all of that out. Jesus is the one that the government is on his shoulders. Jesus is the one that presents us to this holy God, giving us full access to God. That Jesus came low enough to serve, not to be served. And if Jesus had the audacity to come to be served, why, why is it that we cram serving in our schedule? 
Why is it that we figure, oh, I got to do it this morning. I can't believe it. But in verse 45, Jesus models for us. Nothing's more Christ-like than serving because Jesus served the greatest person that ever walked the earth. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, humbled himself enough. Now, now, what's interesting is when I understand Jesus serving here, there's a few things that I understand about that. It helps me to realize serving like Jesus is multifaceted. If I really want to serve like Jesus, I have to study how Jesus served. And if you study how Jesus served, I got four uh, quick points that I just want to point out to you how Jesus served. If you really want to serve like Jesus, the uh, first you, you have to serve. Serving as Jesus means to serve with compassion. That should pop somewhere up on the screen. Serving like Jesus means to serve with compassion. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Compassion and love is what motivated Jesus to serve. In other words, if we want to really be servants, we have to be servants that are compassionate. It will help you with your serving. When you are compassionate, when you look around, you see that there's needs, not just in the church. But our church is serious about serving the community. There's needs in the community that I live in, and I can funnel all of my compassion through the church to make sure that I am serving. If you really want to serve like Jesus, number two, serving like Jesus means to serve selflessly. Jesus did not serve in a selfish manner. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom as an indulgent. Here it is, indulgent. Rather, Serve one another humbly in love. Jesus used service as a way not to be selfish. He used service as one of the forms in order to show how humble he was. Nothing shows your humility like service. You pull up to me and show me a person that serves and I will show you a person that's humble. There is nothing more humble and some of you got amazing jobs. Like, man, shout out, shout out to the people in Epiphany Church. And y'all be getting promotions. And I talked to somebody this week that got a promotion. Y'all kill it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the work world, in the, in the occupations, in the, in the corporate world. Y'all kill it. What would it look like to come down a bit just to be humble enough to serve? So he says here, the text says here, that Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. And serving breeds humility. Serving breeds humility. Serving breeds humility. That's the second way. Third way to serve like Jesus. Serving like Jesus means to serve graciously. Because when you serve, you understand that you are not serving people that have it all together, but you're serving people that make mistakes. And so serving teaches you God's grace on your life. The fact that Jesus came to serve you and serve me shows me that Jesus serves people graciously because really he should have cut all of us off. Luke chapter 6 verse 35 says, but love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high. Here it is because he is kind to the ungrateful and he's kind to the weak, uh, to the wicked. This is the hardest one. That this is by far the hardest one because you are called to serve people. See, the way, the way we are wired and conditioned, most of us have the world view. I'll serve the person that serves me. I'll love the person that loves me. I'll give to the person that gives to me. But serving requires that we give to people that can't give anything back to us. 
that we give time to people that they may not give back to us. That we give our gifts to people that they may not be able to return with the same level of giving, serving the unlovable as a sign that you understand grace. I mean, it's, it's gospel. It, it really, it's, it's what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus sat on the cross and after serving people, remember, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. And at the end of that life, he sat on the cross and he says stuff like, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He came to serve people that did not love him back. And so serving, if you really want to serve like Jesus, we must understand that we are serving people that oftentimes don't return that favor forth. And, and final way to serve like Jesus, to serve as Jesus serves means that we take time for people. Because one of the things that always rocks me about Jesus is that Jesus found a way to make sure that ministry was the person in front of him. That's going to mess you up. Jesus, ministry for Jesus was never the destination Ministry for Jesus was the thing in front of him. Ministry for Jesus was the person in front of him. Jesus wasn't too calculated. He was very intentional to take time for the person in front of him. And if you want to serve and serve well, we serve people by making sure that we are meeting the needs of the person in front of us. Jesus, there was times where Jesus was walking and he's on his way to something and somebody like Jay Iris stops him and says, my daughter's about to die. That, that wasn't the goal, but Jesus heals the daughter on the way somewhere else. Because ministry for Jesus was the person in front of him. What about the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible says that the woman with the issue of blood and came and touched the hem of his garment. She was not the goal. Jesus was passing to something else. But ministry for Jesus was the woman of the issue of blood because she was in front of him. Jesus took time for people. What about Lazarus? He raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was not the goal. He was on his way somewhere else, got stopped in order to raise Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was not the goal, but ministry for Jesus was always the person in front of him. What about our passage before us right now? The, the Bible says that Jesus says to them, uh, listen, if you want to be great, you, you got to be low. And then he gives himself as the model for the son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life uh, as a ransom for many. But then he goes on. If you read the next few verses, he goes on to Jericho. And when he goes on to Jericho, he meets a guy by the name of blind Bartimaeus. And that was not the goal, but he, he heals him. He asked him, what do you want? What, what do you need from me? He heals blind Bartimaeus, even though he was not the end game, but ministry for Jesus was the person in front of him. So if I want to serve and I want to serve well, I got to serve giving time for people. You're, you're not just behind the cameras today. You're behind the cameras because there's somebody else on the other, other end of that camera that is in desperate need of the gospel witness of Jesus Christ. And so you're serving, serve somebody else, not just a great shot. I'm not just clicking away today. I'm not just doing, I'm not just playing today. No, I'm playing. So I'm ushering in the Holy Spirit to go through the airwaves to hit somebody's house that's hurting right now, that's broken right now. So serving is always the person in front of you. So if you want to serve like Jesus, you got to serve compassionate. You got to serve selfless. You got to serve with grace because you're serving people that are undone and wicked. And then you got to serve by taking time for people. Finally, he says here, I'm laying the plane right here in verse 45. For the, even the son of man came not to be served. I hope y'all are rocking with me. I have no clue. But to serve 
Here it is. And give his life as a ransom. Jesus doesn't only serve. Jesus serves our greatest need. What is our greatest need? Your greatest need is not finances. There's not enough money. Your greatest need isn't even physical healing. I mean, I pray all of those things for you. But your greatest need is for your soul to be ransomed. And Jesus just said that he didn't just come to serve, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom. I came to sit and, and stand on a cross in your place. I came to get up on the cross so that you wouldn't have to. I served in a way that brings you to redemption, that transforms your life, that regenerates your heart, that removes the scales from your eyes. I serve in a way that you could never serve. Jesus served us in ways that, that we would never be able to do it. Jesus gives us eternal life. Our, our service builds the body. Jesus' service saved the body. So Jesus served us in ways that we could never serve. And if Jesus' servanthood led him to death, then our life should reflect a life of service to the kingdom of God. When is the last time you asked the question, what do you need? How can I serve? These are some giftings I have. How can I, how can I bring those to the church? Here's the amount of time I have in a week. And if you could use that for, for God's glory, please have at it. When's the last time we asked that question? You know, Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, what can I do for you? When's the last time we asked that question to the church? What, what can I do for the kingdom of God? How, how can I build up the kingdom of God? Lord, give us servant hearts. Give, give us a heart. See, serving can't, I mean, it, honestly, it can't be taught to, uh, to you through academics. It, it just can't. Serving has to be a heart change. It has to be a heart regeneration. There's a story, and I think it sums up serving really well, that there's a story of these two men that's, that sat at the opposite end of a long table. And both of them are sitting at the opposite end of the table, and at the end of the table is, is a pot of oxtails. And they need to eat that oxtails in order to, to, to survive. They won't survive unless they eat the food that is in front of them. And they are given two long, huge spoons that go all the way down to the oxtails. And they can only hold the end of the spoon. Here's what a fool would do. A fool would grab that spoon, reach to the end of that long table, and pull out a pot of that oxtail stew and try to feed themselves. Spoon's too long. But what's wise to do is to take that spoon and feed the other. Because if I can serve him, he eats. And if he can serve me, I eat. And the foolish thing that many of us have done is we're spending our life trying to feed ourselves with a long spoon when in reality you feed somebody else and let them feed you. This is exactly what Jesus does. Jesus ransoms our life and models for us what servanthood looks like. And as a consequence to us trying to feed ourselves, we're all starving, we're all hungry. We're all trying to figure this thing out. I just want to encourage you today. I'm going to implore you today that there is so many needs in the kingdom of God. There are so many needs if you look around our, our community. There's so many needs if you look around not just Epiphany Church, but every local church. 
that is preaching the gospel and serious about a, a discipleship and serious about the community. If you look at healthy churches, there's always a need. We, all, we always have a small percentage of people that are serving and the entire church is revolving around 10 to 15% of people that are serving. We got to do better. I want to end our time simply by praying for our hearts. I want to pray for our hearts because I, I realize like the pandemic has, has really robbed us of so many things. It's robbed us of joy. Some of us, it's robbed us of the love of, of people that are around us that, that didn't make it. That, that for some reason, this pandemic has robbed us of so many things. But one of the things I think it's robbed the church of is servants. It's robbed us of that ability to have somebody that is serving us and, and, and there with us and, and, and pushing us and feeding us the oxtail soup. I want to pray for us today. Father, I thank you for each and every person that's logged on today. I promise you, Lord, I don't have an agenda. I really don't. But I do know that serving you brings God glory. I, I do know that serving your, your body and and putting our hands to the plow and financially giving to the church. And I, Lord, I know those, I've seen those things, how they encourage our hearts. So Father, you say in your word that it's more blessed to give than receive. And oftentimes we've taken that verse and we've reversed it. We've said it's more blessed for me to receive than to give. But Father, help us to help our greatest contribution to the kingdom of God is being a giver, not a receiver. Father, I do pray that the church would be in position to help people that are hurting and the church would be able to be in position to help those that have mental issues that need help or financial issues or, or, or whatever it is, marital issues. I pray that the church would be in position to do that, but I also pray that we would have an army of people that are all around us saying, how can I put my hand to the plow? How can I serve? Father, at the end of the day, it helps us to look more like Jesus. There's a reason why Jesus even brings this up. He could have just told them, no, you can't sit on my right. No, you can't sit on my left. But there's a reason that Jesus spends time unpacking to them servanthood when they are looking for prestige, honor, and respect. Father, we thank you for modeling servant for us. You modeled it so well that you went to a cross and died on our behalf. And it is because, that is the motivation for me, that you died. That's, that's, I need no other motivation. The fact that you died is enough. The fact that you rose is enough. The fact that you are coming back is enough. And so, Father, I want to serve. I want to get to the end of this thing and stand before you. And I want you to say, well done, yes, because my faith was in Jesus. But I want you to go down a long list and say, thank you for serving here in this capacity. Servant leadership, servanthood is what we need. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to move into a time of worship. As we're worshiping, I want you to ponder these things that we are, we are talking about. I also want you to go and find some communion wherever that is around you. I'm about to worship, but let's grab communion. and I'll be back so that we can take that together. <laughs>